This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs> yes, man. How about that? Welcome, everybody. We throw open the doors to the locker room here, and it's Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas. But we are joined by Wes Euler and Arthur Motes. Welcome, gentlemen. It is so good to have you because on account of the fact that our man, Max Starks, is, uh, I think, right now flying back to Phoenix. Yes. <laughs> he wears a lot of hats, that Max Starks, I Absolutely. tell you. Well, not really hats. I mean, he's just got big head. You well, know I what I mean? Say, it, but he can carry a lot. He sure can. He tries to paint also in his free time. I got a chance to run into him, I think it was Saturday night. Oh, you did the, the thing yeah, Saturday the, night? Yeah, the Women's Ladies Night Out, uh, sponsored by UPMC and McGee uh, Hospital. Yeah, he was in there trying to paint. I, I, emphasis on trying. <laughs> We were doing this thing where we're going to paint a lady's hand, waving a terrible towel in the stadium. Now, I don't know about you, but when I count my hand, I have five fingers up there, right? Uh-huh. Four, four pointer fingers, and then you got a little thumb. Mm-hmm. Max was drawing something. Uh, it was supposed to be a hand. I don't know what it was. It looked like <laughs> a blob. I thought it was like seven fingers. I thought they were throwing up gang signs for a second. It was all over the place. So, yeah. Make sure you tell him to stay on the radio because the painting, that's just... I don't know if that's going to be his strong suit going forward. <laughs> All I know is the young man does a great job for being such a big hog. I have to laugh just because I fly, you know, I fly in these planes, and I, I don't know how he fits in these seats. Cool. Yeah. You know, some of these commercial mm. flights, get zooks. You know, you're used to the big planes with, ro- you know, you roll with the team and you, you fly and everything. Big time, big time. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden now like you're left with commercial. You're on commercial flights and you're flying so many smaller ones. I think, how does Max, because I can barely fit in some of the seats. That's got to be tough. I, I'm uncomfortable on commercial flights and I weigh like a buck 55. I was going to so say, what are you going to do? I mean, you could fit like three of you in one of the seats there, man. <laughs> Just because he's lean. My right, man is right. lean. That's oh. right. He's in fighting condition, mean, yes, because you are now a father as well. That's right. I'm struggling with the sleep wolf, but I'm, yes. uh, you know, sharing the microphone with you for the next two hours. I think that'll get the energy going. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got that dash strength too, though. Now I saw the way you was pulling up in these doors all of a sudden. It's like, whoa, okay, easy, Hercules. My reflexes, yeah. my reflexes. I tell you what, too. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm Bruce Lee, you know, oh like catching, or I'm catching the fly with the uh, with the chopsticks. My my dad reflexes or, you know, baby tries to roll off the couch. And not so fast. Bruce Lee. OK, one of his students, Dan Inasano, or I, Dan Inasano mm-hmm. became the guy that took over for Bruce Lee after he passed away yeah. in JKD principles. OK, one of his devo- devotees was Chai Sarasut, who's a Thai kickboxer okay, okay. from Thailand. OK, have you ever seen Thai kickboxing? This is, you know, they got knees, they got punches, oh, yeah, elbows. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very eight violent. limbs. They, yes, they kick, it's kick. unbelievable. They yes. kick, you know, they kick trees. They develop. I Chai and I, I and Dan uh, said he saw this, okay, with his own eyes. Chai Sarasut killed a fly with a roundhouse kick on a heavy bag. I mean, seriously, how quick was that? What? How quick you talk about? You know, with with uh, that's you know, crazy. Yeah, I'm just thinking roundhouse kick. Two so he lost sticks. vision for a second and still smashed it. That co- yeah. Can you you yeah. pick the fly off on yeah. a heavy bag? That's amazing. That's speed right that's there. That's scary. That's, that's knockout precision. speed. That no no. That's <laughs> yeah, like I'll, I'll see you in a, in a month. Yeah, like, holy cow. Coming out of a coma. That is crazy. Yeah, well, that poor fly. He's not coming out. Of <laughs> <laughs> that fly is no Jeez. more. Well, speaking about coming out of a coma, man. Yeah. How about that Steelers defense? How about the up coming together 
What a sensational job last yeah. night. Let's hear your first top of the top of the morning takes. Hey, man. Well, I know for me, man, I just thought that uh, they were way more resilient. I, I thought the energy that they played with, the effort that they played with was just way better than what we had been seeing from them these past couple of weeks where we saw back-to-back -back weeks of them allowing 40 points for the first time since, what, 1980-something, you know, a long, 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 long time ago. Right. But I also liked how the star players, they stepped up when they needed to, i.e. T.J. Watt. Uh, Ken oh. Hayward definitely has some big plays as well, Minka Fitzpatrick. But then you talk about the others, right? Who are the others? Your Montrevious Adams, your uh, Akello Witherspoon, term like, you know, your younger guys on defense, guys with not as much experience, Justin Lane being another one of those guys. Man, just seeing how when their numbers were called, how they stepped up and played at a big level. I mean, Akello, it's at times where he's out there on an island, you know, and he's holding his own out there. And the same can be said for Justin Lane, two guys that, you know, at various times this season, our expectations for them have dropped just because of lack of productivity for whatever reason it may be. But that's what it was. So it was really good to see those two guys in particular come out and play at a high level as well. Exactly so. Wesley, boom, what's yours? I love it because I'm – Picking a, I'm picking a different I'm picking a different moment than Let's Arthur Motes. Go. Fellas, one thing that I think this defense, and they've they've had really good moments this season. They've had times where they've struggled, and there's been a lot that's played into that. I think all of our loyal listeners know what I'm talking about. We don't need to go through all the details in the you know, the entire season up to this point. One area where I think the Steelers have on defense left some to be desired is in those moments where it really felt like they had an opportunity to seize the game, to grab momentum, to combat. You know, the offense puts together a good drive. You want to get them the ball right back and get them back out on the field. thought they had a chance to do that early in the game last night. First quarter, Presley Harvin the third with the best punt we've seen in his NFL career. How about anybody's NFL yeah, career, man? Pens, I mean, pens the Ravens at the half yard line, right? And I'm thinking this is the moment for the defense. They're going to rise. By the way, the it was bogus. Here. They should have had another four inches on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to rise to the occasion here, right? And, and what happened was Baltimore went on a 99-yard, 10-and-a-half-minute drive. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie to you guys. After that, I was a little discouraged. I thought, that's yeah. exactly what the defense couldn't do in that momentum. You just gave – or in that moment, pardon me. You just gave all the momentum to Baltimore. 99-yard, 10-and-a-half-minute drive that ends in the end zone. I thought oh, man, that's it for the defense. They're going to be deflated after that. They're going to be gassed and tired after that. I'm happy to say that I was wrong. From that moment on, I thought the defense took control of the game. They weren't perfect per se, but working with a lot of the guys that you've mentioned, a lot of new faces, uh, Adams, Witherspoon getting involved, Justin Lane getting involved, I was happy to be wrong. Because when Baltimore went on that 99-yard, 10-and-a-half-minute drive and scored, I thought this is going to be another game like Cincinnati where the defense just isn't going to be able to get off the field and they're going to struggle and they're going to give up a lot of points. And I mean, they didn't give up another touchdown until – few hours later i i was very impressed with the way the defense responded after what felt like could have been a back-breaking drive and sequence 99 yards and 10 and a half minutes for the ravens from that point on though the steelers defense put their foot down you know start because we started on the defensive side here that's what um, happens when Arthur Motes is I know. That's and, right. well, and I was going to say, you notice how I had to go first, then you went, and then he was about to just switch to offense. He wasn't even going to talk defense. No, no, no. That, now, come on, but look, you, Arthur. I, I know you used to do the show. being with, unfair with, to I me. I know it's always a you and Max. Y'all got all this, this old line love time, and all yeah. this other stuff. But we talking some defense today, okay? Right. We're going to talk some defense in here. All right. Let's start off by – let's go with this, okay? Job one coming into this game, yeah. I kept thinking, okay, I'm Keith Butler. 
what am I going to do? Because it's obvious. I mean, the, the Miami Dolphins laid out the blueprint. Mm-hmm. Okay, 22 to 10 victory. The Dolphins came after Lamar Jackson, like, at time after time after time with five, six-man blitzes, just blitzing him, pressuring him. And let's face it, you're talking about, what, three games he's thrown mm-hmm. seven interceptions and now eight interceptions, eight interceptions in the now. last four, yep. which could have been nine if uh, Terrell could have stretched out an extra yeah. six inches of, of or, arm. No, like, no, no. even if Akello just catches his at the oh, end of the yeah, game. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that yeah. one. Yes. All right, you know, we don't want to cut the defense short here. But yeah, it could have yeah, been man. nine. We were opportunistic yesterday, man. We'll, right. we'll, we'll, we'll take one for three. Exactly. Yeah. But, you you know, that's where, to me, that's like, all right, job one is I got to decide. Am I willing to roll the dice? Mm-hmm. Can I get to Jackson before Jackson can get to me? Right. That's the basis of the whole thing. And I thought it was magnificent. I mean, Minka's interception was all about six men coming. And and he goes and tries to do his Mark Andrews mm-hmm. Cleveland thing, throw it up in the back of the end zone, yeah. and boom. And they come away with a pick. I thought... First job, first thing out there is to say, congratulations, Keith Butler, Mike Tomlin. You guys put together a great defensive game plan, and you you rolled the dice. Yeah, 100%, man. And like I said, I'm always impressed when I see it after a disheartening performance because you never know how teams are going to respond. You never know how, especially this group, which is a younger group, offensively and defensively, you just never knew what they were going to look like, where they were going to, you know, go into the tank, go into the dumps because of the criticism that they received. And it wasn't like it wasn't warranted either. But to see them essentially get back to the details, the fundamentals of playing Steeler football, being a physical group. I mean, you look at some of the hits that were going, that were taking place out there. Man, there was some pads popping, baby. Oh, they were. And, and, And guys getting back to just flying around. Now, like you said, it wasn't perfect. I mean, and trust me, we can go down the list. Everybody has some moments. But as a whole, man, I just thought that defense looked like how it was supposed to look in the past in terms of being a fast physical unit. It doesn't have to, like I said, be the best execution-wise, but the mentality needed to be a certain way. And the mentality out there last night, man, it was clear from the beginning of the game all the way to the ending of it. Yeah, I was listening to Cam Hayward on the DVE morning show when I was driving in here this morning, fellas, and I think you're absolutely spot on, Motsi. It felt like there was a real over my dead body mantra at Heinz Field from the Steelers last night. I think particularly the defense and the offense deserves credit as well. Ben Roethlisberger deserves credit. I'm sure we'll get to all of that over the, the next two hours here. But the defense in Pittsburgh feels like it is always, you know, the sticking point. Uh, we we want to dominate. We want to play physical. We want that relentless effort. That certainly wasn't there against Cincinnati. And, hey, we all overreact to these things sometimes, right? And when I say we, I mean the general Steelers fan base and media at large. I don't mean necessarily we, us in this room, or or the people listening to this show. No, I will tell you this. I was going crazy last night. <laughs> I lost my well, mind a couple of my times. You were, and you know what? I was I was listening to the broadcast. You brought the energy, baby. I well, loved it. I, I, there, I looked at Billy one time like frozen one. Oh, man, did I just scream? <laughs> I think, you know, after the Cincinnati game, I think a lot of people – we do the hyperbolic thing, right? Oh, we just lost to the Bengals mm-hmm. by 38 points. The season's over, and the defense can't stop a nosebleed. And that, a lot of times, is when teams are the most dangerous. And I could sense that from Cam Hayward when I was listening to him about an hour ago on the DVE morning show. Those guys heard all week about how the season's over. You can't stop a nosebleed. You know, let's just tank and get a better draft pick. What, uh. what, what's, what's the point in all this, right? And when you got guys like Cam Hayward and TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick but everybody else on that defense, too, not just the All-Pros. How about Ben? Professional, mm-hmm. professional athletes, right? right? I mean, grown men athletes. When, when you spend an entire week telling them that they stink, that they can't stop anybody, that the season's over, 
they're going to respond with some fire. It's that classic, you know, a wounded animal. What's the most dangerous animal, right? A wounded one that's backed into the corner. And the Steelers' defense, the Steelers in general, but I thought particularly the defense, they were that wounded animal that was backed into a corner yesterday, and they responded. Uh, Lamar Jackson, seven sacks. You win the turnover battle. I, I, I don't think we can say enough about that response. It was not perfect, but, but it was enough to get the job done, and I, I really felt that over-my-dead-body attitude from the Steelers all, all evening, but I think particularly on the defensive side of the football. You know, a couple of things just roll out in my gourd with just thinking about it. Is you take a look at that Baltimore offensive line, and they number two rushing in the league and stuff like that, but how do you have a <clears throat> guy like Lamar Jackson with such escape ability, ability to evade the rush, all those things, and you nail them seven times? Are you kidding me? That's crazy. That's amazing. You want to talk about our offensive line, right? And by the way, mm-hmm. we will talk about that offensive line. Arthur Motes, yes, you know it, baby. <laughs> We're going to go there. Yes, Wesley Euler, I Woo! know that well, you have well, been gotta, overly influenced who, who by defensive guys. Who cares about talking about offensive play today? I mean, this is a defensive. <laughs> you know, all just, he does, Wolf, is talk about how uh, the league, it's just what they say? It's made for the Defense wins offense championships. Now. Defense wins championships. The defense played well yesterday. You see how happy we are here today. When the defense doesn't play well, well, nobody cares. Okay? <laughs> nobody cares. Can so, I say so, this? So, so, hear ye for the defense. Hear ye. Hear ye for all the defenders out there in the I world. I love that. That's e- even great. the defensive drivers out there, okay? Hear ye, hear ye, okay? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, the beauty of this thing about it, too, is this. There's a couple of uh, underlying stories there. You know, number one is T.J. Watt. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You mm-hmm. want to talk about superstars shining in super moments. Um, you got a guy coming off the COVID list who's coming off of knee and hip injuries, uh, coming off being inactive. The guy is now tied, I think, the club record for sacks. 16 right now. Yeah, and he's played two less games and parts of two others. It's it's insane. Did you see the Reggie White statistic? What's that? Oh, yeah. Only two players in NFL history that Mm -hmm. have had four straight 13-plus sack seasons. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Reggie White, the Minister of Defense, yes, and, and he, Trent Jordan Watt. That's it. Absolutely, two guys in the now, entire history of the league. Reggie did that twice. Did he really? Yeah, that two, he's, two he's different. Right, right. Yes. He's, he's but on, I, I will, I will tell you this. I will tell you this, and both both these these combatants may be having a conversation and a hug up in heaven right now. But uh, Reggie never got one off touch. Never got I'm one just off saying, touch. Just saying. Let's go. In six games, Let's go. he never beat touch for Let's a sack. Go. So I'm just, I got to say that. Let's go. By the way, did you hear that last night we were talking, we were calling him, uh, uh, we had a little, I, I thought maybe a little divine help. Maybe, you know, he, we had a touch away instead of a takeaway. <laughs> and, and I like it. There, there, was a, there was a buddy of mine, John Wayhart, who was calling it a, a, touch, a touchdown. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, no, there was, there a was divine intervention there. Was a there. Lot, there was a lot working for the Steelers hey, at Heinz yesterday. Absolutely. There yeah. was, but, you know, no doubt about it. And the other thing is, you know, the power of being dissed as a pro. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you talk about Cam talking about that, and you know that cranks up the RPMs mm-hmm. mentally, and everybody comes with greater or lesser RPMs mentally in each and every game. It's up to you to bring that enthusiasm and effort. But how about Chris Wormley? When you have a team that trades you within the division mm-hmm. to a division mm-hmm. opponent, a mm-hmm. bitter 
division rival. And Mike Tomlin used – is that a great thing? I mean, Mike Tomlin goes, that tells you what they think of you. No Chris Wormley, that tells you what they think of you. And he comes out and has a career night. What a what a game. Yeah, he definitely did, man. And, um, for me, man, I was just happy because when I watch Chris on tape, Chris has been playing well all season. He just doesn't give you the jump-off-the-screen type of productivity that a Cam Hayward does. But when you watch him, he's very fundamentally sound – always makes the plays that he's supposed to make. I mean, he's a productive guy, but it was good to see him have an exclamation point style game where everybody is recognizing him. Everybody is like, okay, this guy can play. He is a legitimate contributor to this defensive line and the rotation. And for me, man, seeing that, it was impressive because his effort has never been in question. Right. His technique and fundamentals is never in question. But a lot of times it's like he's just a step late in terms of making that sack, in terms of making that big TFL. Would you, would you say in relation to what we expect with, say, uh, Stefan Tuitt, mm-hmm. yeah, because correct. of the fact, yes. I mean, that's the problem that's is, it is, yeah. yeah. Because he was brought here as a guy to come in, maybe a, a, a fifth and, and guy, him, yeah. whatever, you right. know, in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here, he, he's got to step, and he steps up like yeah. so big. Absolutely, he did, man. And like I said, he's been doing it all season, man. It was, like I said, really impressive to see it. And anytime you get a chance to go against your former team, I mean, as a guy who's won against my former team before, yeah, you want to do it like that. You want to make sure you get you a sack out there, something just to – Hey, 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 you know, I got y'all. You know, you need one of those moments, man. So, yeah, it was definitely good to see that, though. Yeah, on, on days like today, Wolf, I think particularly, you know, here in Pittsburgh, we, we, we've we got this time on the show and, and everybody across town today to dissect everything with the game. Outside of town, when they talk about this game, you know, on the national shows or wherever for three, four minutes at a time, it's probably going to be a lot of Ben Roethlisberger, a lot of T.J. Watt. Sure. But but guys like Chris Wormley, guys like uh, Montrevis Adams, uh, when we talk about the offensive line and, and LeGlue, they were just as big a part of the story to me. You you need those guys to step up in these moments where you need a win, you're struggling a little bit. We all know you've got a ton of guys on the injured list, on the COVID list, a lot going on there. Robert Spillane's on both. He's injured and he's on the COVID list. Uh, you need guys to step up in these moments. I think you certainly saw that from Chris Wormley against his old team. That's great. Montrevis Adams, too. Chris Wormley, just everything's coming up Michigan lately, fellas. You know? <laughs> Let's go. Hey, these Wolverines these Wolverines are just getting Let's after go. it. Let's go. Not only that, how about, how about Big Blue? How about Zach Gentry? Mm-hmm. Two catches, baby. Yes, That's indeed. what 6-12 can do for you. <laughs> and and can we talk 5-5 five, five as well? I thought that he responded in yeah. a positive way, man, and flew around, made some good plays, man. I I mean, sometimes you got to go through all of the criticism. Sometimes you got to feel like you hit rock bottom to finally start, you know, opening your eyes and being that player that everybody believes you can be. But that was good to see him last night, man, in terms of just his technique, him not backdooring plays, actually fighting, you know, going against the the, the tougher route to make plays, but actually making plays. And it was good to see that from him as well. It was indeed. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the power of being honked off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's Mm -hmm. as simple as it gets. And sometimes you say, I'm mad as heck and I ain't going to take it no more. You know, and you... You, you you find that, you know, we, we, we describe it variously as uh, finding the dog within you or find, going deep into yourself. Mm-hmm. But there, people think that's cliche, but that's true. There's truisms, man. There are moments in your career you're called out on the floor or you've had enough of it, mm-hmm. and you're just simply, you, you, you find whatever it is that you need to come out and make the plays or do what is necessary to do. And I thought last night was a culmination of a lot of guys doing very similar, yep. like you yeah. said, the, the Witherspoons, you know, as well as Devin Bush being Devin Bush. We got a glimpse of what the unicorn looked like 
right? I mean, the guy that can still mm-hmm. make the plays running sideline to sideline. We got uh, some fantastic work from a superstar in T.J. Watt. Was it Trent? Is that his first Trent name? Trent Jordan. Trent Jordan. Yeah. Golly. I didn't even know that. All I knew was T.J. I was going to say, I don't want to call him that, man. It's like calling Batman Bruce Wayne. Like, oh. what are we doing here? That's Batman. Okay, that's, but, yes. okay good word. Uh, yes. All right, that's, for, that's verboten. From now yeah. on, we will not speak of See, Trent I Jordan. The, I thought it was man, the other way around. I'm trying to distinguish him. No, man. You know, T.J., J.J., it's a yeah. lot of... No, no, no. We His got, name uh, shouldn't be abbreviated. No, that, it should that, be shouted that, on Moats top is on. Of He's on to it. That's that, the mojo. That's like somebody saying, hey, man, I want Clark... No, I want Superman. I don't keep Clark wherever you keep him in his glasses. Nah, bump that. Give me Superman. I think it's the yes. other way. You know, just think what he could have done now. Hey. I mean, think about it. with all the the you know how you you can get your those those uh, glasses. You can fit them on the internet. <laughs> you know, he had those big beamers. Those those, those big old. I'm sorry. These are things that that he strike me. You know, as he I'm has thinking big about glasses, man. Okay, we're gonna go to break. We come back. It's Wesley Euler. Take us to break, Wesley. All right, sounds good. You want to talk a little? That's a professional right there. He is so professional. (laughs) Talk a little magic at number seven when we come back on the other side? Oh, I like that. It's always offense with you guys. Jeez. Ben Roethlisberger (laughs) talk when we return. The old Cowboys still got some bullets left in the holster in the locker room. It's Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Little rerouting today in the locker room. You've got the In the Locker Room Steelers Blitz crossover. Different week this week, obviously, as the Steelers will play on Thursday against the Vikings. Quick turnaround. Um, Has a lot of things changing up here. We will have the Mike Tomlin press conference at noon today that you typically hear on a Tuesday, so Wolf Motes and I will be with you up until Coach T speaks just shortly after noon Eastern time, of course. Uh, so a little locker room Steelers Blitz crossover today. You know where to get involved in the phone lines. We'll get to some of your reaction, your game balls as we all roll along. Gentlemen, I got to imagine, uh, I'm sure a lot of the callers today, uh, I've seen a couple on, on Twitter as well too, I got to think Ben Roethlisberger is going to be high on the list for for game balls for a lot of people. Um I think particularly in light of, you know, what was what was released by Adam Schefter this week that, you know, it, it looks like there's being private conversations that Ben Roethlisberger is, is going to retire at the end of this season. I think most of us knew that in the back of our minds, right? There's never been a, oh, this is definitely it with Ben. This is the last ride. I think Juju might have said that during training camp, but that's the only time we've really heard this is it for Ben. But at the same time, I think we all kind of, knew that there was a very good chance that that was the possibility. Adam Schefter puts out a story this week. That, I think, just adds to the fan fire, to the emotion, to everything that played into yesterday, too. Everyone knowing that this is probably the last time the Ravens are going to come to Heinz Field with number seven under center. He was much maligned, I think, this week. Even some ex-teammates taking shots at him. Not even shots at him in the national media, but just saying that they think, you know, he can't get the job done anymore. He went out there and got the job done yesterday, fellas, I think particularly in the fourth quarter of the game. Uh, just about perfect there in the fourth quarter. And that's that's what you love. The savvy old veteran, few more bullets left in the holster, and uh, and fired just enough to, to go get a win against the Baltimore Ravens and, and keep, this, keep the Steelers in the hunt this season. I think he fired more than enough. You know, I mean, here's the thing about it, and I, and I keep saying it, you know, the difference between Bradshaw and Ben – was 21 years 
All right. I mean, 21, 21 years you go, and there's time. a lot of quarterbacks that roll in between those two gents. And that's why I keep saying, you know, people, you keep hearing people trying to bury Ben. I'm like, well, why? The greatest success you've had over the last 20 years has to do with the fact that this dude has been quarterback in the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, just as it did in the 70s when the blonde bomber was ripping them up and taking them to Super Bowls and everything like that. There's a lot of guys that spent some time wearing a quarterback jersey number uh, in between those two guys. Yeah, so I want to just simply say, enjoy the ride. Enjoy yeah. it to the very end, you know, and let, it, let let Ben write the end of his story the way he wants to do it. He deserves to have that. And last night was just simple, simply a continuation of that guy being that guy that he's always mm-hmm. been. Uh, I, I just hats off to him. Yeah, man, for me, man, it was good to see Ben bounce back, right? Um, this season he's had, you know, similar – criticism that the defense has had at times where they play really well in some games and they play really poor at times but with seven man it was good to see in a clutch game like this where if we're being frank about it at the beginning of the game it wasn't the best performance by the offense right but to show that resiliency to show that hey he knows who he is he knows what he's capable of and even though it might not have went the way that the offense or he might have wanted to go in that first half when it was time to make a play he was going to make that play, and you could just feel it. I mean, anybody who was in that stadium yesterday, you could just feel the momentum. You could feel the energy building into that third quarter, beginning in that fourth, and you're just like, man, it's setting up for it to be one of those type of games, and seven delivered when he was supposed to, man. It, it was very good to see that. Like I said, especially coming on the heels of that Bengals game where just as a whole, it wasn't a lot that went right that game. Yeah, no, that's well said. I I, I think you're – that's a good point by you too, Motsi. It, you know, it wasn't a – 60-minute master class, but you know what? <laughs> it rarely is in the National Football League, honestly. Yeah, no what is it? No, you know, no matter, I mean, really. If you're the, you know, the Chiefs were winning, what, 13 or 14 straight games mm-hmm. at one point, and, you know, Mahomes is throwing for 50 million touchdown passes, <laughs> it's not even still 60 minutes of, of perfect right. offense at that point. I, I I was very encouraged. I was. That was the type of response I needed to see, and I, mm-hmm. I, I like the example you, you give there, Motsi. I, I think you're right. Much like the defense, um, Ben has had some really great moments this season. He's he's had some games where he's struggled, just like the team has as a whole. Um, but I'm always going to be encouraged, Wolf, and I'm sure you had plenty of these moments. Again, th- those back to the walls, those when you're when you're backed into a corner, when you have to have a win, when you have to perform. I I think there's something to be said for for getting it done in those moments, particularly coming from behind. I know you and I were talking about this before the show started. Uh, ben now is as thirty. Was it uh, 39? 39? 30, yeah, 39th or something. 39th. Like his age. Yeah. Fourth quarter comeback. <laughs> crazy. Uh, tied some guy. I don't. I, I was looking him up on Google. I've never heard of him. I think Tom Brady was his yeah, name, I think. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, for most fourth quarter comebacks in, in NFL history. I mean, this guy, look, again, we know, particularly at this age, he, he's just, we'd be lying to ourselves if we said that he was a perfect quarterback. But he's a future first ballot Hall of Famer for a reason. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion for a reason. There's no doubt he still gives the Steelers the best chance to win. I think all that was on display yesterday. Absolutely, and I think you're, you're absolutely spot on in, in talking about that. Look, we're talking about Ray Ray – I'm sorry, Ray Ray McLeod. I thought he caught the ball. I, I don't care too. what he says. I did. I, mean, I did three. Hello, I think he caught the if, ball. If that wasn't a catch, then um, 
Sammy Watkins at the end of the game wasn't a catch either. That ball moved just the same way. Oh, I'm thinking the same thing. Man. Okay. And I'll tell you another uh, thing. Most, most, oh, most, 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 when Moats does that, oh, that means I'm being a homer. Okay. Mo- <laughs> just, uh, when Moats makes I, that sound, that means I'm being a homer. I thought it was a catch. Ray See, Ray. Uh, okay. We, but here, here's the other one. <laughs> Fellas, think about this. Was that a beauty of a toss by Ben to Deontay. No, it definitely was. When Deontay was. dropped that oh, 45 yeah, yards. Was, spot on. No. And I will say this. I am so thrilled mm-hmm. because Deontay comes back to make a yeah. great grab on that return route, comes and mm-hmm. scores the touchdown. He didn't go into the tank. He mm-hmm. didn't have the droppages that went like last year with Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, no. Yeah. I mean, you talk about watching a young man grow from being a young man to a solid pro who may be someday a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we're watching with Deontay Johnson. Yeah, it was great to see that mentality. Um, a lot of us were nervous, though, about that. I mean, you see him get the drop. Then after that, just body language. You're like, all right, which Deontay is about to show up from here on mm-hmm. out. Is this going to be like Buffalo from a year ago where you have to essentially remove him from the field because he's just mentally out of it? But it was good to see that him man just stay in the fight, stay in the fight, stay in the fight. All the way to the point where he's not only making big plays, but you're making game-winning touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, go-ahead scores. Like, that's what he was able to do just by mentally staying sharp, by mentally understanding that, hey, we've all had mistakes. Trust me, we've all dropped passes. We've all missed tackles. We've all blown assignments. But you can't allow one negative play to become two negative plays and two to become three and so forth and so forth. you got to literally flush it and have that next play mentality. And it was good to see Deontay finally showing that on a consistent basis at this level now absolutely yeah i i agree uh eight receptions 105 yards two touchdowns for deontay johnson did anybody not think for a moment that what's that next catch or pass gonna look like you know what i mean because that was such a big big play that was such a beautiful pass Mm -hmm. if anybody could and i remember watching how you know we've heard about deontay doing a lot of extra stuff you know, with with uh, tennis balls and yep, yep. Uh, you know, definitely has been. I, I, I heard his backhand has really improved. You know, a whole <laughs> lot with it. <laughs> he gonna take on Roger Federer soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I was watching him pregame. Uh, I was down on the field to do a, a hit for something, and uh, so I was down there watching him. He goes very precisely, goes over a very monotonous routine, which enables him and prepares him for whatever he's got to do out there. I mean, it was really kind of fun to watch because you watch this, he does it over and over, and he's polishing and and working on his technique, his groove, his mindset and everything. And then you see it play out in front of you in a game like that. That's a beautiful way of seeing a pro acting like a pro and doing a pro's work. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I've I've loved I've loved to watch the growth of of Deontay Johnson this season. I think it's is and honestly, this season and his entire career with the Steelers, I think, you know, this is we every show's got showisms, right? Wolf, you know, things that you say, benchmarks, that type of thing. Thing that Moats and I talk about a lot of times. Showisms. Showisms. You know, just the isms on the end of it. Moatsism, wolf wolfisms. I'm a a Hamhocks type of guy. Are you a Morganism? I'm a Hamhocks would be a wolfism, right? You know, Hamhocks. Hamhocksism. Yeah, That's a word. One of the things that that Moats and I. I like baconisms. That's why I specialize in. Yes! I like sleeping inisms. Naptimisms. So says the new daddy. So says the new daddy. One of the things that Moats and I kind of, I think we have to remind people a lot because we, we get it. This is an emotional thing. Steelers Nation, huge fan base. You're charged up. You're emotional. 
every single Sunday or Monday or Thursday, depending on when the team's playing. You, you want these guys to perform. You get frustrated when they have those moments where they struggle. But progression, here comes the ism. Progression is not always linear. It, it's, it's not always climbing up a mountain. Progress. Sometimes you take three steps forward and then two steps back. Sometimes you take one oh, step. Yeah. Sometimes you take one step forward and then two steps back. For me to see the progression of Deontay Johnson, because this year, and I think throughout his career, he's had those moments where there's been the step backs, but he's always found a way to continue that climb, and that to me is is always encouraging. Absolutely. I mean, you know, for him to be able to overcome that in such a big way is just, I don't know, it's just terrific. Well, and Wolf, you can attest to this as well, man, being in stadium for some of these bigger game, bigger moments like that, when you have a mess up a mistake sometimes man mm. it can feel almost like it's double the the yep. weight just because of the significance sure. in that stadium in that moment but to see him rally yep like that's something that i don't think we could talk about enough just the mental fortitude that it takes to do that i mean like i said i know i've had mistakes in the stadium before and yeah you no. feel like he, you feel like he you're without zero. a mistake <laughs> you're, you're, you're like you're like man can i just go hide under the bench give me the the extra extra dark hoodie so no one can see me and i was just like a pile of just jackets over here but when you come back and you're able to make a play after that man your confidence it, it takes you to another level you start to soar even more because now you're like okay i've been through my worst for the day i mean it's not gonna get any worse than what deontay had in terms of that drop right but to, like I said, just to see him after that, not just making the two touchdown catches, but just look at how many little catches he makes in between there. Big oh, pick up a first down here, pick up a seven right here. Man, those type of things from him. Like I said, it's just such a far cry from what was going on with him a year ago yeah. in the exact same circumstances, man. So to me, man, it's just it's beautiful to see that. You know, it really was. I mean, it just loved everything about his performance. And knowing that whole backstory that, you know, we just you know, spent a few minutes telling the whole Deontay Johnson backstory, to see him come back out after that, I love that he, there was a back shoulder throw that Ben threw. And, I mean, mm -hmm. the timing, it, like, it, he turned, and that thing was in his face. And he just snatched that ball right out yep. of the air. And I thought, you know, wow, this kid is really something. I'll tell you another one who took a step forward. I, I give you Kendrick Green. Mm -hmm. I'm telling yes. you what, Brandon Williams is a load. He is a six foot one, three hundred and forty yes. pound mass of human, uh, you know, Built low run to the stopping. Yes, yes, run stopping yes. ability. And there were some times. Yep, uh, you got to get lower, Kendrick Green. But I'll tell you what, he battled his butt off, mm -hmm. and I watched him take Brandon Williams. Mono Imano off the line of scrimmage, back three, four mm -hmm. steps, five steps, sometimes, sometimes three, four, five yards off the ball. And I got to tell you, that was, it was impressive to me. That yeah. was an impressive performance. We can go over the whole offensive line at some point in time, but I just wanted to throw one, one big uh, bouquet out there because that kid's taking a lot of heat. No, he definitely has, man. He definitely has. And at times, I mean, <clears throat> he struggled, whether it's been size related, whether it's been technique related, but like you said, man, to see him respond the way that he did, you tip your cap to that. But some other guys, that no one has spoken of yes. who have been under heavy criticism all season long. Can we talk about these coordinators? Can we talk about Absolutely. Matt Canada? Can we talk about Keith Butler? Can we talk about Danny Smith? I mean, these are three guys who at various points this season, people have been saying fire, fire, fire these guys. They don't know what they're doing. They're in over their head. What's going on? Make Matt Canada take the LSU job. You watched this tape yesterday. That's what, that's what people were saying. That, that's, oh, what were saying. That's, that's what they were saying. That's what they were saying. I'm sorry, I'm I don't know anything about what you guys, you know. Yeah, so, I don't, I'm not Twitter hip or whatever you call man, so it. Or, you oh, you're hip, like Wolf. Yes, yeah, so when you talk about like, the criticism <laughs> that those guys have received, it's like, man, 
they don't this team can't have that type of performance without those coaches being in place doing what they were doing in yesterday's performance also. So I want to make sure that we give a little bit of time to acknowledge them as well for what they were doing. Another showism. Yes. Arthur Motes always says, make sure that your compliments are as loud as your criticism. Yes, because everybody, Absolutely. I mean, you know, everybody's going to point the finger when you're doing something wrong, but then when you do it right, you're like, oh, all right, that was good. Yeah. And he's leaving it only like, no, no, wait a minute now. You was beating the table when I was off now. No, 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 come up here and just, oh, just, all right. That was nice. Thumbs okay. up. Okay, Golf clap. Like, no, nah, I, I want to be just as how loud, about, baby. How about when you've been taking heat, you know, in, in, for a game, in, in, during the game, your offensive line, defensive line, whatever mm -hmm. position you're playing, coach is on you. And then you you have that play, and you just blow somebody yeah. up. And, and it's like, they don't say a word. You're like, uh -oh. no, no, I expected that from you. Well, well, the oh. same way you expected that, you need to expect that when you yelling at me too here, all right? I expect that. <laughs> Arthur Mons, Craig Wolfley, Wesley Euler in the locker room. We got to get to a break. When we come back here, more game balls. We'll get to some of your reaction on the phone lines as well. It's the Blitz Locker Room crossover on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Closing out the first hour here in the locker room on a... Oh, wait, real quick, Motes. We didn't do this yet. Uh-oh. What type of Monday is today? I believe it is a v -v 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 victory! Monday here, Wolf. No, that's a donut Monday. <laughs> Does the donut include sprinkles, though? Hold on, hold on. That's the real question. Do you remember, the, do you remember the progressive commercials with the little girl? Why not both? Why can't we there have we both? Okay. Well, it could be Victory like Monday and Donut Monday. Well, I think, it doesn't I have think to be mutually Victory exclusive. brings a donut F as a full reward. Full transparency, when I was playing here, when we won, our Victory Mondays consisted of Victory Donuts with sprinkles. From? We called them Victory Donuts. We went peace, love, little donuts. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. But you know, you know what a good too though uh, is 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 those uh, wagon wheel orms. Oh, the orms. wagon wheels. Oh, oh my heavens! You know when you put them yeah. by your ears, look like Princess Leia. Like Princess Leia. Yeah, exactly. Your buddy who used to bring them out to training yeah. camp for yeah. us every every oh. summer. Yeah, a buddy Bill Stern. Yep. Always. Yep. Billy Stern. Go by there. Yeah. yeah. Look, we could use some today. Cool. We sure. Could. You know, you eat one of those, two of those, and you're like. You're working them off the rest of the day. I think if you eat two of those and you go to the hospital, yeah. they'll tell you you're diabetic on the spot. <laughs> I was going to say, man, two of them in a short span of time, man. Whew. All right, all right. Fellas, let's uh, let's go to the phone lines here, get some reaction, get some game balls from the people. Uh, Wolf, Ed in Cleveland first up? Ed in Cleveland, that would be the dude. What's up, Ed? Hey, guys. Good morning. How are you? We're uh, having a rollicking good time, my friends. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I mean, if, if, you, if you listen to the radio in Cleveland, it's not a good win for the Steelers. It's a good win for the Browns. You know, <laughs> the, Steelers, the Steelers helped the Browns this week, and it's a good win for the Browns. It's not, not the Steelers did a good job. You know, I, I knew for a while, anyways, that that rabbit's foot that the Ravens had on was going to fall off. They've played their last, uh, I want to say, five games. They haven't scored 20 points. I watched the Chicago game that they played. They got lucky. They couldn't do nothing in that game. And then they drove down in the last second and scored a touchdown. I think the Ravens are pretenders. I don't know if Cincinnati's a real or, or a pretender or not. But this league, when our defense is healthy, guys, we could beat anybody. And we could beat anybody as long as we're healthy. And we can lose to anybody when we're not healthy. Mm -hmm. I look back at two games, Detroit and L.A. Chargers. Had we win that game, we're probably sitting in first place and top seed in the AFC. But those are the those are the breaks we got to take. Anyway, 
I want to give a couple game balls like I do. Ben, obviously, dang turkeys this week, uh, Wolf, like I tried to give that turkey to Cam, Cam Hayward a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to give Ben one, man, because that kid, like, you know, even Tony Romo messed that up with the good as they once were, you know, thing uh, he tried to say. I don't know. I know you're listening, but you didn't hear it. He, he, he did the Kobe, Kobe Key thing with Ben uh, during the call. And then uh, – T.J. Watt, man, I, that guy's played good. And if that guy don't win uh, DPOY this year, I don't know something's going on, man. <laughs> and the last, the last thing that I got, guys, is those ref calls, man. There had to be at least six or eight calls in that game. I don't like to get on the ref. I just like to try to play through that. But if we would have lost that game, I would be here calling the ref out today, man. <laughs> so luckily we were able to pre- prevail over that. And I'll just, you know, I just got one other thing. Remember last week, what people, I wanted those, see if anybody left tickets for me with Jacob, man. They, they, they all want them now, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm still there. And, uh, Jacob, you take that call for me, and if they if they come in, you got my number. Thanks, guys. You guys have a good one. And, uh, Jacob's giving hey, the thumbs up behind in the booth. Wes and Archer, good to hear you guys, too, man. I love Thanks, Ed. Appreciate yeah, it, man. Appreciate it, as always. Always good hearing from you. Toby Keith, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. I thought you were going with, uh, how do you like me now? Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's another to- good that's one. That's Toby Keith, too, right? Matter of fact, uh, I don't know. I think it's Toby Keith. I can't remember. Is that country and western? <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. There's country and western. Right there. yeah. Then there's country pop now, too, you know? Oh, yeah, that is that is a Toby Keith, yeah. I think, how do you to- like me I now? think that's Toby Keith as well, too. Fellas, you and I, we talked a little bit in, in the break about some of, you know, and we, we mentioned the the um, the callback on Ray Ray, and, and there was some stuff like that. But this is enough, another showism here. Yes. Well, are you, you taking notes over there, Wolf? Because this, oh, this will be on the quiz later. Well, <laughs> here's the thing about it. When you suffer from ramnesia, you got you to make notes to yourself, you know, like notes to me. Okay, so <laughs> notes to me because then you forget about what you're talking about. Much <laughs> like I think there was a parallel to draw – and what we saw last night and to what the Steelers went through in Green Bay. Against the Packers, there were a lot of calls that went against the Steelers, particularly, right, that offsides when Minka blocked the kick, and that would have changed the game. But you know what? Last night, the Steelers were the better team, and and I think 99% of the time, the better team finds a way to win. Yes, we all know that officials can affect games, but if you're the better team, 99% of the time, you'll still find a way to win. And that's what the, the Steelers weren't able to do that in Green Bay, but they were able to do that last night. You know, again, it, it's a culmination of a couple things coming together. And one of the things, uh, El Saludo to an offensive line that has taken so much abuse, and, all, and rightly so in a lot of cases, all right, they, they have not uh, played to, to the level that uh, you'd want them to. But, you know, th- with youth, you have to remember, there is that up and down, three steps mm-hmm. forward, two steps backward type of deal that really can be difficult. And when you are out there with uh, a rookie left tackle, uh, a center, I mean, the two most important positions on that offensive line is the center and left tackle. And you've got rookies there. And now you're on your fourth string left guard who didn't even have, I mean, that's his first NFL yeah. reps. Yep. First reps. I mean, you got to be kidding me. This In this game, this is your first NFL reps? Oh, my goodness. And they came through, and I, I'll say this, it was it was hanging in there, it was hanging in there, it was hanging in there, and then they put it together, and they kept coming off the ball, and they were clemaniacs by the end of the game. They were getting it done. No, 100%. And I'm glad that you brought up the different unit, right, in terms of how this unit 
started out as one group at the beginning of the season. It started out as a totally another group at the beginning of the game. But then we saw where Zach Banner had to come in and take some snaps to help out with Dan Moore going down for a little bit. Right. Dan Moore is able to come back in, but now you're down your left guard. So then you have to bring in John LeGrew, or excuse me, LeGlue. And then you see how he's able to play at a high level. I mean, just going down that list. And when you talk about the depth that was showing out there, you talk about the growth as a whole, as a unit. I mean, let's be real. Well, Baltimore's defense, the strength of it was their front seven. The secondary had been struggling, right? We said, man, when you watch them on tape, the Ravens, man, they could create pressure with their uh, guys, Justin Houston, uh, Oway, and uh, Tyus, uh, Tyus Bowser, right? We said when. And Calais, too. Yeah, and Calais, yeah. They said when those guys are rushing up front, it makes that secondary, which was banged up, play a lot better. But if you're able to protect, you can have some success on this group. What did this group do up front, this O-line? They, they protected. protected. They gave Ben that opportunity. And you saw Ben was able to take advantage. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. I mean, those guys were carving them up at times. But it started with that unit up front being able to protect. Give seven that time. Give seven that opportunity versus a unit that was hot. Like I said, man, you watch the Ravens' defense on tape, man. These past couple of games, they've been creating some havoc. They've been getting after the quarterback. But they were not able to do that at a consistent basis yesterday. And it was really impressive to see. Absolutely agree. Jacob, we have time for one more, or we got to go to break? One more? Let's go to Eddie. We want more. Eddie in Virginia Beach. What's hey. up, Eddie? Talk to us. Hello, guys. How are you doing today? Man, how's the weather in my hometown? Baby 757 <laughs> over here, man. Oh, what we, what we looking like? There it is. 70 degrees. Yes, sir. Uh, but my thing is I'm going to give the game ball to the whole entire team, coaching, offense, and defense, and special teams. Because that was a team win last night. But my thing is officiating. My God, man. They give TJ a 15-yard penalty, and both guys was jarring. But how you not give a penalty on that hit on Deontay Johnson out of bounds? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yes. No doubt about it, man. Yeah, I, you know, uh, Wolf, I heard you talking about this on the broadcast, too. And, and I, I know <laughs> these things, <laughs> these things aren't, there's not always the direct correlation that we like to draw, that the, the fan side of us likes to draw. But it is just still, sometimes we overthink these things. And when you see TJ Watt getting flagged for that taunting call, as opposed to the lack of a flag, it's like, what's really more dangerous to the player? Oh, my you heavens. Know, ha having somebody saying, all day, I'm going to be in your that's all day, I'm in your face all day. No, or you someone hurt my feelings. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I'm, my feelings are hurt. Yeah. I'm going to have to withdraw and go sit out for a couple plays, and, and I have to create a safe spot for myself. Arthur and I have talked about how like, there's a clear line between being emotional in the moment of the game right, right. and going over. Cause we all know there is times that guys go over the line with taunting. We do all know that that's the case, but man, 95% of the time it is just emotion in the moment. And I, again, I know these things aren't exactly as correlated as we all like to make them seem, but if you're just a casual football sports fan, who's watching that game last night and you, you, you don't like the Steelers, you don't like the Ravens. You're just watching because football is an entertainment business. Right. You're saying, well, wait a second, that's a penalty. But that isn't. It just, it, it, it's a, it's a little bass backwards to yes. me. Wolf. doesn't work. What do you say, Eddie? Yes, I, I just terrible. Being an official myself, you see a lot of calls that a lot of people don't see, and I just thought it was some bad officiating. You know. Mm. No doubt about it. But I hope to see you guys January 9th because I will be at the Baltimore game. Sounds the good, Baltimore brother. Pittsburgh. 
Hey, hey, yeah. hey, Eddie, I got a complaint, man. Why do you officials be making bad calls anyway? Since, since you said you officiate, <laughs> I got a bone to pick with you, all right? Mr. Mr. Eddie, the all official, right. talk to me here, man. What, 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 what we going on, man? <laughs> well, Arthur, i tell you the truth, brother. Sometimes we do miss calls, you know. Being as a human being, we do miss a lot of calls. But we was always taught in school, you make the obvious call. Mm, okay. And some of them don't make the obvious call. So <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Eddie. Well, appreciate Eddie. you, man. Have a good Monday. <laughs> you know, you know the thing about it is what, you, you look at the, the loosening of the holding calls nowadays yeah. I, I i will tell you this yeah. i deserve a letter of apology for every holding call. well it. except for one one was Man. really blatant and bad that was that was really bad i, but I wish other they called that, holding like when they when you played i wish they called oh, it like that now i know because Man. i'm telling you what it is like ridiculous what some of these guys get away yeah. with yeah you yeah. know but some okay. cases a felony, others is a misdemeanor, but and then a felony. It's like, oh man, we ain't seen anything. Don't worry about that. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So we got to get to break here. One hour in the books, another hour to go. You've got us up man, until was that fast. the Mike Tomlin. You ain't lying. Up until the Mike Tomlin press conference uh, shortly afternoon. Remember, different week this week with the Steelers playing on Thursday. So have Mike Tomlin today on a Monday. You got us until then. Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers blitz in the locker room crossover on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.